1: Welcome to today's episode of The Situation Report. This is the show where we do our very best three times a week to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stalnecker. I am your host today. And again, very glad that you would take a few minutes with us. Uh, So much to talk about. There's so much going on in the world and in our culture. But one of the problems, one of the struggles that we as Americans have is that we don't understand our founding documents. We don't understand what our Constitution says. We don't understand what it is we, as Americans, should hold to as the rights given to us in that founding document, our rights, of course, given to us by God, but enumerated in those documents. We don't understand those, and so when culture shifts, when things change, when uh, our political discourse gets off track because we don't know what it is supposed to be or where we came from, We have a very hard time discerning what we should do next. This is, of course, the show where we try to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate that, and one of the great tools you can use to navigate our culture is our Constitution. I'm so thankful to have on as a guest today, someone who spends his time thinking about this, talking about this, and teaching others what it all means. My guest today is Rick Green. My guest today is Rick Green. Rick is a former Texas State representative, national speaker, author, and radio host. Rick and his family travel the nation speaking on America's forgotten history and heroes with an emphasis on our moral, religious, and constitutional heritage. Rick and David Barton co-host the national daily radio program, Wall Builders Live. Uh, Rick and his wife, Kara, founded the Patriot Academy, an elite leadership training program specializing in applied civics with a biblical, historical, and constitutional foundation Rick, I don't normally read someone's entire bio, but there was just too much there. I couldn't leave it out. Uh, appreciate you coming on with us, man. Thank you for uh, taking the time. Oh, It's an honor, man. Good to be with you all. Absolutely. You guys do uh, incredible work, and um, you have been such strong supporters of the Mighty Oaks Foundation. You know, my day job, our work, work with veterans and uh, active duty service members and first responders in that community. Uh, David Barton, of course, sits on our advisory board and uh, really has, has, in many ways, mentored us, that being myself, and Chad Robichaud, our founder, through a lot of uh, kind of the growth and ups and downs of life uh, doing nonprofit work. And uh, you guys are such a strong voice. Uh, I want to talk about, um, man, a lot of things. (laughs) Uh, I would love to talk about the Patriot Academy. I want to talk about uh, biblical Christianity in the context of our nation, which seems to be very, very, very misunderstood. But let's start here. Talk about biblical citizenship. That's a phrase that you use, and uh, it means something to you. I don't know that it means something to everyone, though. So let's start there, and we'll kind of move from there. What is biblical citizenship?
2: Yeah, man, you bet. Well, first of all, thank you guys for, for what you do. I, I couldn't do what I'm doing if you guys hadn't done what uh, you did before and what you do now. And, and thanks for serving those uh, who are willing to put it all on the line uh, yes, for us to even be free. So to be a biblical citizen uh, in our situation in America, you know, we get to live in freedom. But if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, then, you know, you claim that the Bible is your guide and and that God is in control of everything in your life. And That's family. That's work. Uh, that's personal stuff, but it's also public stuff. It's government. It's, it's, it's how we form our neighborhood or our community, our, our society. And I think we've just bought into this whole separation of church and state thing yeah. to the point that we think the Bible doesn't apply to government anymore. But it does. So being a biblical citizen just simply means I'm going to be biblical in the way I act as a citizen. And then in our courses, we combine both biblical instruction and... And constitutional instruction, because in our country it's the Constitution, right? If we live somewhere yeah. else, we'd whatever their government documents were, we'd combine those and say, okay, as a Bible believer, how do I do Caesar in my particular country? If I was living in Jesus' day, you know, then then I'd be part of the Roman Empire and I would render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's, and that might have been just paying taxes or whatever else Jesus was talking about there. But for us, we're Caesar. So we hmm. gotta we gotta do this in a in a meaningful, dutiful way. I'm tired of hearing people just say, you know, I have a right to do this, right to do that without also accepting the responsibility that comes with that right. And that's what being a biblical citizen is.
1: What do you mean we are Caesar? What 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 does that mean? Yeah,
2: so if if you know if you think about when Jesus said that, he was referring to the dictator to to the government right. uh, of of that day for us, we the people are Caesar. So ultimately mm. in our constitution, we as citizens are ultimately in charge and we elect people to do certain things for us, not to rule over us, not to make all the decisions, but we hire them as a state rep or a city council member or a school member or a president to do certain areas of government for us. But ultimately, all of them still answer back to we the people. So the highest level of government in America is the people. So we the people are ultimately Caesar in this particular nation, even though we contract out yeah. many of the responsibilities.
1: Why is there so much confusion among Christians about that, what you just articulated? Um, it's been... Really disappointing to me. I I would imagine this has been under the surface for a long time, but as we've gone through the COVID lockdown stuff and restrictions put on churches and the free speech issues, all, all of these things we've all lived through for the last couple of years, it's been disappointing to watch church leaders Instead of taking a strong stand, a strong biblical stand, thus saith the Lord, this is how we're going to behave as Christians, yeah. to acquiesce to the, the popular narrative. I mean, we've seen this not only in the lockdown stuff, but during the BLM lo- BLM riots, um, the transgender stuff, all, all this stuff that's going on that years ago, not that long ago, a couple years ago, we would have thought Christians know what they believe on this. They'll stand up for what they believe now we have very well known megachurch pastors writing books that came out last week, um, basically asserting that the role of the church is to stay out of public discourse, to stay out of politics, and to do it another way is wrong and unloving and unkind. People hide behind Romans 13. People hide behind some of these other admonitions in Scripture to, you know, to be good citizens, to follow the authority placed over us. Uh, that was a really long question, but it, it's been very, di- very disappointing to me. Really heartbreaking to see so many Christians so confused over this issue. Uh, can you talk to that? Because I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how we got here. Although hearing Christian leaders espouse these ideas, I, I think is what has led so many down this path.
2: Yeah, man, I mean, th- I, I think, I think if you if you don't know truth, then you don't recognize lies, and 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 so without the plumb line. To measure things against, then it's so easy to be led astray by things that sound good. You know, they get, it's good rhetoric or it's fluffy speech, and or it feels good, and so we go that direction. If we know truth, it's easy to recognize that line immediately. Go, N- no, you're wrong. I mean, Romans thirteen is is a great example, and here we, it really actually comes back also to knowing who Caesar is in our yeah, particular that's system. That's good. That's good. I mean, for us, if Caesar is us, yeah. Actually, Romans 13 is a command to be a good Caesar as well, not Mm. just to follow government and obey government. But then if you are the government, then what are you asking others to obey? So there's a there's a whole lot to this Romans 13 thing. And you probably know this well. I mean, that was the most popular passage preached in 1930s Germany. I mean, that was used to get people to follow Hitler and obey the Nazi party and not push back. You had Bonhoeffer in his crowd that was doing the opposite and saying, no, that's the wrong interpretation of Romans 13 and silence in the face of evil is evil and all the things that he did that ultimately got him killed and sacrificed. Um, But he did the right things, you know, and and talk about what preachers should be doing. I mean, here's a pastor and a theologian involved in the Valkyrie plot. I mean, he's willing to assassinate (laughs) Hitler to stop what was happening because he understood his biblical citizenship and, and responsibility today, man. You nailed it. I mean, it's the it's too many of these left woke uh, spiritual leaders that aren't following the Bible. They're following pop culture and they care more about being popular than about being righteous. And so they have Really neutered the church by saying, "Yeah, mm. you know, you, you, we've got things to say on, um, you know, from the pulpit or from the Bible about how to be a good husband or father, or or maybe even uh, how to be a good employer or employee." But now, separation of, of of church and state keeps us from saying anything about how to be a good citizen. I've never. I've never driven away from church, going. I wish I could apply that sermon on being a good dad, but you know, separation of home. Yeah, or,
1: right, 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 right.
2: I mean, you—you'd never say, I, "I wish I could use this with being a good, hard work ethic employee." What the pastor? But separation of of work and church. Why would we as Christians, you know, put God in a box and say what you say doesn't apply? You gave us the instruction manual for life. You're the creator. The Bible talks about politics so much and government and society and how to treat your neighbor. We're going to leave all that on the table and and not use it. I, I think it's honestly I think it's a dereliction of duty for on these uh, on these pastors. I mean, they have they have not taught truth. They've taught what would be popular. They've twisted um, into a pretzel to, to be able to say the things that they're saying. And uh, thankfully, you've got a lot of other theologians yeah, and pastors sure. and leaders that are saying the opposite and, and calling them out. And even you mentioned COVID. I, I mean, goodness, of all places, California pastors yeah, yeah. that stood firm, you know. And I, I mean, whether it's Rob McCoy or Jack Hibbs or my yeah. father or some of these others that said, "No government, you have a role. Yeah. You're you're a righteous, godly instituted, um, you know, uh, uh, institution." But you have a lane you're supposed to be in, and you're getting over here in our lane. You yeah. don't tell us when we can sing hymns on Sunday morning. You don't tell us when we can open our, our church. That is the role of the church, not the role of government. So a really long answer there, man. But I, I do think it is the fault of, of leaders in the church not actually leading biblically, but trying to lead in a, in, in what feels good and what's pop culture.
1: As you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now, Mike has done it again by introducing his My Slippers. For a limited time, you will save $90 on a pair of My Slippers. This blowout sale of the year won't last, so order now. Mike has taken two years to develop the My Slippers, and they are designed to wear both indoor and out all day long. Made with MyPillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, they are also made with quality leather suede. Call 1-800-870-0283, use the promo code SITREP, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. This offer will not last long, so order now with promo code SITREP at MyPillow.com. Do you think that you can't know this, but do you feel like or believe that the leaders who are leading that way, church leaders who are leading um, their churches and their congregations to stay out of politics, to stay out of public discourse, are they doing that because they have some kind of an underlying agenda or is it simply they don't understand scripture? And I know you said if you don't know the truth, you won't um, be able to navigate this or figure this out or see a lie, understand a lie. Um is there an underlying agenda or is it simply we now have church leaders who just don't understand the bible?
2: I think it's a mixed bag. I think there's some that honestly, you know, genuinely believe if I avoid those subjects, I'll be able to get more people into the church and disciple them over time and yeah. teach them truth and eventually they'll want to live like Christ and eventually that means then that they'll mm. be good salt and light. I think they've really fooled themselves in, into believing that. Um, they think they might be being strategic I think that 's probably a small percentage of those I think a ton of them i mean let 's be honest they it 's about self they they want to be loved and they yeah. don 't want to make a part of the congregation um dislike them or 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 cause what they see as dissent within the congregation i think I think the ones that are willing to just preach the Bible man every you just go through the entire Bible yep. don 't skip verses, you know yep. just preach the Bible- I think those people th- those pastors are more and more popular because people are hungry for truth yeah. they 're going. Wait a minute, you're avoiding the very subjects that Monday through Saturday yeah. is what everybody else is talking about, the very subjects that my kids need to know about and I yeah. need to know about. I want truth. So they're looking for pastors that won't avoid the tough topics. And we're not asking pastors to be, you know, get up and say, uh, be partisan, you know, be a Republican or Democrat. Or that. We're just saying preach the principles, preach yeah. biblical principles. And, and sometimes there's a time to connect the dots and say, hey, here's the biblical principle. You need to know who's following that and <laughs> sure. who's not following yeah. that. But even then, you're not advocating for a party. You're advocating for the principles and whatever, you know, candidate happens to be best representing those principles, if yeah. that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's it's interesting, too. I was just having this conversation with—I'm uh, on the deacon board of our church, and we were sitting on Saturday morning uh, in a meeting and talking through this with our pastor during covid we shut down just like the entire world did for a couple of weeks, but then quickly came back and just said, yeah. we're just going to have church. People can come if they want to or not, or they can do whatever they want, but we're going to have church. And in the last several months, our church, we're in Southern California. Um, so as you mentioned, not generally regarded as a conservative bastion. We're in Southern California, um, just had church. And my pastor is strong on scripture. He is uh, a very clear communicator. He's very good at what he does, but he's not confrontational in the sense that he's trying to pick a fight with everyone all the time. He's just had church, preached the Bible, continued to do that, deals with these issues as they come up and and moves on, points to the verses. This is why we believe this. And what's crazy is, this is what we were talking about on Sunday or on Saturday, is our church has seen really unprecedented growth in the last like six or seven months. And it's not who you'd think. You'd think, well, the people that want to come to a church like that are older people. It's more familiar to them. We have so many young couples who are bringing their, their young children to church right now. And the only explanation is there's so much confusion, so much loss, so much darkness. They're looking for someone to make sense of all of this. Yeah. They don't want to be yelled at. They don't want to be shamed. They just want someone to tell them the truth. And it's crazy when you see that happen. You also see the other things happen, the salvation, the spiritual growth, the, right. the leadership and the growth. It's, it's, it's been amazing to watch that happen.
2: I've heard a ton of stories where some of these churches that stayed open, and not only stayed open, but then turned around and and stood be, be, behind and beside businesses that that you know yeah. the state was trying to shut down, and and they stayed open. Where atheists and agnostics mm. and people that you know would have never come to church before, going, "Wow, you're standing with us." We'll stay started coming, and then came to. No, the Lord. We we even had uh, the, speaking of biblical citizenship. We have this this eight week course, biblical citizenship in modern America. And this guy stops me the other night. I was with um, with Kirk Cameron at the Ark, and we were doing this event. And, and when it was over, we're chatting with people. This guy comes up. and He goes, "Listen, I'm a pastor in Connecticut. I'm doing your biblical citizenship class." He says guy shows up the first night and says, "Look, I'm agnostic." But the I, I see the left destroying the country, and I know they hate you Christians. So huh. if they hate you, I must need to team up with you right wow. now yeah, in wow. order to stop them. So he starts going through the class. By week five, he gives his life to the Lord. Week eight, they baptize him at the class. <laughs> 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 you know, so I think what you're talking about is true revival, right? I mean, the church, where the church is actually being a mm. light and being a beacon of light and being true salt, man, people are coming. You see these churches exploding, people that never would have come before uh showing up it's actually a really cool thing yeah. to watch
1: it's pretty awesome and i think a lot of it is kind of the outflow or the out pouring the fruit however you want to say that of what people have done for a long time uh, yeah. again here in california a lot of the folks who have stood up strong are calvary chapel pastors Yep. And for those not familiar with Calvary Chapel, I mean, it came out of the Jesus movement of the 60s. Uh, it was a desire to reach the hippie community. Um, they call themselves a chapel, not a church for a reason. They wanted to reach people that wouldn't go to church. But one thing they have consistently done, and I was talking to my parents about this the other day. My, my parents were both um, kind of came up through the Jesus movement and were a part of that in the early days. Um, one thing that Calvary Chapel churches have consistently done is taught uh, expository messages or expository through scriptures, verse by verse, passage by passage, uh, subject by subject. They talk about end times events and how to frame those and how to understand those. They've been so consistent so that now when we hit COVID, when we hit restrictions, when we hit government overreach, these folks know how to respond because they've been taught. And if there's a lesson, uh, man, that would be the lesson I would try to communicate to churches is do right now, because eventually you're going to need your people to understand what is truth and what is not.
2: I just got to echo everything you're saying, man. I, you know, the, the guys like uh, uh, McClure and in, in, uh, San Jose, millions of dollars in fines, uh, still standing strong. You know, in fact, Jack Hibbs, Calvin yeah. Chapel Path, yeah. had him on in probably May of 2020, like yeah. two, two months into this thing. And we had this very conversation and said, you know what, we're about to see a winnowing. This is going to be a separating of the wheat mm. from the chaff and who's actually going to follow Christ and – and follow the Bible, and I couldn't agree with you more, man. It's you know Ken Graves and uh, up in Maine, Calvary Chapel pastor there uh, that has the best voice in the world. Brothers, <laughs> you know he's uh, he's just amazing. You know he's taken on the governor there. It's it's been incredible. I got to tell you a funny Calvary Chapel story real quick. Um, so I'm I didn't know anything about Calvary Chapel it was 2004. I'm I'm uh, I'm speaking at a pastor's event for for George W. Bush in. Um, and uh, where was I? Wisconsin. And anyway, so I do my bit, you know, do my presentation. I go out to the book table, and then and, and there's this guy, and he's talking to me. He's literally in a Hawaiian shirt, shorts, and flip flops. You know, everybody, <laughs> every other pastor there, suit and tie. Sure, he, sure, sure. And uh, we're chatting for a little while, and he walks off, and the organizer of the event comes over and goes, You know who that was, right? I said, No, no idea. He said, He's got, he pastors a like 15,000-member church down the road. <laughs> that was my introduction to Calvary Chapel. Yep. And then I read Chuck Smith's Harvest, and. I started reading everything uh, I yeah. could get my hands on. Absolutely, I've probably spoken in a hundred Calvary capitals across the country. So I, I think you're 100 percent right. I, you know, and I know there were some that, you know, I think Rob McCoy got into it with a few of the other, uh, a few that that didn't think that he and Jack and others were doing the right thing. So it's not always 100 percent. No, of course. But. I thank God for Calvary Chapel and and for those pastors that that stood their ground through this whole thing.
1: I'm not sure if you've been to the men's department lately, but men are being held hostage by overpriced brands that simply aren't mission tested. That's why we're excited to tell you about Undertak, the only brand that's literally been battle tested by special forces. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made because they cover all the bases. High quality material that's antibacterial, anti-pilling. And moisture wicking so you stay fresh and dry all day. A quick release fly in a secret pocket in the extra wide waistband for cash or tactical necessities. Undertack is durable, ultra light, fade resistant, and shrink resistant. And here's the best part they're almost 30% less than the competition. Go to getundertack.com. That's getundertack.com right now. Save 20% off your order with the offer code SITREP20. All one word, SITREP20. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. This is a great American company that's unapologetically pro America, pro Second Amendment, and pro military. That's getundertack.com. Getundertack.com. Offer code SITREP20. Yeah, absolutely. And again, even in our state, you know, we've got others who aren't Calvary Chapel pastors, but the one thing they tend to have in common is that they value scripture and that they yeah. preach the Bible. <laughs> and that seems right. to be the common denominator for those who will stand uh stand up for the truth. Uh, let's let's talk about the Patriot Academy and, and yeah. again, our relationship with wall builders is long, it's deep, and uh, I've been so blessed as so many people have by David Barton and the relationship with him. Um it, it's it's funny talking to David because he knows so much. We were having lunch, it's been a couple of years ago now, and I just kind of tossed something out that it wasn't a big thing to me. Like it was just so like, I'm sure he'll agree with this, so let me throw it out there because I'm sure he'll think I'm smart when I say this. And like for 45 minutes, he explained to me why I was wrong. And it was so kind. I was just like, you know what? You're absolutely right, um, but it's, it's the understanding of the Constitution, our founders, our founding documents, the intent, and how that works with what it is to be a Christian, why Christianity matters in that context, and uh, you all do such a, an incredible job with this. Um, can you talk about the Patriot Academy and, and the training that happens there, why that's important, you know, kind of what, what has happened, and what is happening?
2: Yeah, you know, we started it 20 years ago. David um, actually was the one that came alongside me and helped me start that. I was in the legislature at the the time. Uh, And and it's funny, as you were telling that story about David, I was thinking one of my first meetings with David, he actually helped me get elected in 1998. Uh, We didn't really know each other well, but he kind of knew my positions were were lined up with his. And and uh, and then after my second term. I had a couple of uh, couple of votes that were way too libertarian. Let's just put it that way. And um, and and he did the same thing. He sat me down as nice as he could and and said, "Let me just show you some things in yeah. scripture on this. Let me yeah. show you some things that you know he uh, he knew where I went to church." So he said, "Let me show you some things that Calvin wrote." And anyway, we had a we had a great conversation. He ended up hiring me after that next session. And uh, and I started going out and speaking for him. And, and, you know, it was funny. God, God told me, I don't hear an audible voice, but I really believe God was saying to me at that time. I'd been an entrepreneur my whole life, never worked for anybody. He said, go humble yourself at this Mm. guy's feet. Learn from this guy for a year or two and then go do whatever you want. Twenty two years later, I'm still (laughs) with him. You know, so he is just that good. And he's so it's funny how you describe that, because I can be at dinner with him and throw out some. Quote or or, yep. or or you know name of a of a person that he hasn't looked at in ten years, and he can still <laughs> rattle off like right. exactly what? Oh yeah, seventeen. Da, 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 da. I mean, I can memorize a speech and sound smart on stage. Yeah, but if you hit me with something I hadn't looked at in two years, I'm going to be like, <laughs> I don't know. Man. But David, man, I mean, he's he's a he's a national treasure. So anyway, that's uh um. It's been a blessing to be with him this long. But we we started Patriot Academy because. It was really about young people in the next generation. I was frustrated as a legislator. I was really surprised that most people in the legislature didn't have conviction, left or right. They just, you know, finger to the wind right. with what they thought would get them reelected. And so I wanted to, I wanted to help bring up young people that would be conviction-oriented, grounded in conservative thought, grounded in constitutional thought, grounded in biblical worldview, but also effective. I, I don't know how many t- you have probably been frustrated with this, too, but— you, you get a conservative that's right on the issues, but they're lousy at communicating it. They don't they, they don't know how to read a room. Yeah. They don't know yeah. how to speak, you know, and they just dig a hole and end up losing an election because of it or whatever. Um, so we wanted to also train them in skills, speaking skills, you know, all of those things. And so we started at 2003 was the first year we did it, uh, had, I don't know, two dozen kids at the Capitol. We put them in the chairs, in the committee room. They live the life of a legislator. They pass, you know, debate the legislation. And then we would, during that debate try to teach them and ask the right questions to to lead them to the right conclusion while also then having lectures to teach what we call the lift principles Limited government, individual liberties, free mm. enterprise, timeless truths, and so yeah. every bill you can measure by those by those standards, by those principles. That's the plumb line I was talking about earlier when it comes to policy. And uh, man, it just took off. I mean, we we now do you know three or four hundred students a summer. We do it in state capitals across the country. Um, it led to a a an adult program that uh, is a Constitution Coach program, or we have these. Um, coaches across the country, 13,000 of them that host constitution classes, biblical citizenship classes in their homes, their churches all over the place. We do a constitutional defense course where we Mm. teach handgun training during the day and then constitution training during the night. Tons of conservatives out there that have the bumper sticker that says, I'm a Second Amendment guy or whatever, but never had any – I was that guy, (laughs) man. I was the God and guns guy in the legislature. Charlton Heston did an ad for me for the legislation I did. But I had no training, didn't have a clue, and didn't carry my weapon because I knew I didn't have a clue. Right, right. And so when I first got trained 10 years ago, it changed my whole mindset on that. So I'm on kind of a, I don't know, a a crusade, if you will, to get as many citizens trained really well so they're not just carrying without training. And so they're sheepdogs. So that, you know, if we have – people like that that are trained well in every Walmart, every grocery store, every, you know, restaurant, yeah. every school. Yeah. We can stop these mass murder events so much sooner or maybe prevent them from happening. So anyway, that's a really fast, long, yeah. I'm, I'm testing out the filibuster. I'm seeing
1: if it's still alive and well. <laughs> uh, answer to what is Patriot Academy? <laughs> what uh, what what? What's your background? What brought you to the place where you, first of all, went to the state legislature and started caring about this stuff? Was this something you grew up with and then realized, maybe my family was weird or, or there was a, there was a gap in your own knowledge. What caused you to want to get into this?
2: That's a great question, especially the way where you put it, because that's exactly what happened. So my, my dad always <laughs> asked me questions and we would talk about this kind of stuff. So I had an interest in it and I got to college and, um, the, the war broke out, Desert Storm broke out and a bunch of my buddies had, uh, had, were in, um, uh, ROTC or in the reserves or whatever. And they, so they were, uh, shipped off and, and I, you know, my other buddies were like, "What can we? We got to do something to thank these guys, to honor these guys." And so we had this big candlelight vigil rally on campus. I didn't go to class for six weeks, put this thing together, and uh, gave a speech about why. This was I was 19 years old. Yeah. Gave a speech about why I thought it was important for us to, you know, defend American interest. Yada yada yada. And these moms of these friends of mine that were over there fighting, coming up, crying. And I'm thinking my, my, my epiphany moment was, wow, if you skip class, you can actually make a difference. Those
1: uh, so, college thing's overrated. college <laughs> thing's
2: a ways, man. So I caught the bug big time at that point, And, um, I went to this this program called Young America's Foundation uh, has this thing called the Conservative mm. Student Conference, and this was thirty years ago. and the, and, and we would go to DC and you're around all these other young conservatives and um, and Dinesh D'Souza, you, you know, he, he spoke. Uh, he was 26 years old. He had wow, just written yeah. a liberal education. Um, you know, Newt Gingrich. I mean, all these guys spoke. And I came home with exactly what you, you, you know, I thought my family's just weird. I'm the only one that thinks about this stuff. And then I was around all these other young kids mm. that also cared about it. And so it really gave me the bug at that point. And, and so I, I was involved ever since then and ran for office really too young. I was 26 when I ran for the legislature and got elected. Um, But that's part of what kind of birthed Patriot Academy, too. I wanted it to be what I had experienced with other young people realizing I'm not alone. Um, There's ways to make a difference, but then also bring in the skills and and the legislative simulation and, and all that. And so that's kind of what ended up creating the Patriot Academy system
1: yeah that's that's awesome uh my daughter is 22 she's extremely conservative she just sent me a picture with her and dennis prager uh she went to nice. a, a talk why is this man in america she, she had a vip meet meet and greet with him She was so proud but she attends chapman university here in orange county and uh, it's it's a conservative college as a private school, but it's not a Christian by any means. She came home after she had been there for a couple of weeks, and she said, "Dad, I just want you to know, most people aren't like us." <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "Yeah, they don't they don't do what we do. They don't talk about this stuff. This is not how normal people function." I'm like, "Yeah, well, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome for that." Um, <laughs> I want I want your daughter at Patriot Academy, man. <laughs> we got to get her there.
2: She'll love it. It's it's, it's 16 to 25. So that's a We that's do high awesome. school, college, law students. She'd love it. She'd figure out she's not alone.
1: Well, she's coming home this week. She's almost done with uh, her uh, final semester of her junior year. So we'll uh, we'll talk to her about that on yeah, Saturday. But, In um, fact, they- Chad
2: and uh, one of his uh, – Chad was going to come he, – he, Chad spoke at our dinner one year. We do this really cool uh, passing the torch ceremony at yeah. the end. And, and uh veteran uh, typically is the speaker as well as – you literally, those kids come forward. I, I tell the story of the signing of the declaration and how they came forward in yeah. silence. And then we call them forward in silence. Yeah. They sign the declaration. Then a veteran gives them a medal and says, I was willing to die for you. Now mm. it's time for you to go live it. And it's a great ceremony. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, Chad and his son, we're going to come because we do a military veterans academy yeah. on the senate side wow. so it's all it's the young people on the house side and military vets of all you know all wow. branches all ages on the wow. senate side i said chad you need to come on the senate side put your son on the house side and
1: then you can kill all his bills it'll be great parenting <laughs> it's a wonderful <laughs> way to do this <laughs> it's just like being at home that's how yeah. it works exactly. uh, that's awesome what are some of the i don't know if you call them success stories some of the folks who have come through the academy and then gone on yeah. to do things in government what are some of those stories yeah, man, we've got probably a
2: hundred at this point that are actually in elected office somewhere, either school board or state legislature, uh, state reps around the country, a couple state senators, um, in our through our Constitution Coach program, but not our our our. Program at the Capitol. We've had uh, Lauren Boberts, one of our graduates, Congresswoman wow. from uh, yeah. Colorado. Fantastic, she's a pistol, man. I'm telling you, uh, Burgess Owens, another Congressman mm. um, out of uh, out of Utah. So a lot a lot of people like that. But then, really cool. On uh, in addition to that, a ton of them go in and they become chiefs of staff or legislative directors or campaign managers. You cannot walk down a hallway in the Texas Capitol without running into some Patriot Academy grads. We've, we've infested the place. I mean, infiltrated infested, whatever we've dependent on your perspective. And we're trying to start doing that uh, across the country. But like I said, at the beginning, you don't have to, for anybody out there listening thinking about coming, you don't have to want to be in politics. So a lot, most of our graduates go into business or the pulpit or the arts or, you know, whatever it might be. So it's not that you have to love politics. It's just that you want to learn leadership skills and you want to be a good biblical citizen and you want to be the best at whatever you do. Whatever arena you do go into, we're going to help you with the life skills that will make you more effective at whatever it is God's called you to.
1: What, uh, how long is the academy? We do um, six or seven of
2: these each summer. The big one, the national one, is in Texas. That's a full seven days. And then all the others are what we call regional academies, and most of those are three days. We've got one in Colorado in conjunction with the Western Conservative Summit. And so they do three days with us for Patriot Academy, and then they stay for the summit and get to hear all the great speakers that are going to be a part of that.
1: That's awesome. I wish all of our up-and-coming politicians would go through the Patriot Academy before they go to Washington. <laughs> one, of the, one of the weird things to watch is, and we're going through you know, kind of this uh, midterm season right now, so you've got people telling you what they believe and what they think and what they're going to do. I'm 45, so I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to have seen this happen enough times to know so many people have good intentions. They get to Washington and then cast it all off. W- why does that happen? Is that just a because they didn't know? Because they wanted to get elected and don't care. What happens in Washington that changes these folks?
2: I I think it really is a swamp. I think that's the right name for it. And it eats you up. It just does. We tell all of our kids that come through and all of our we also have a campaign coach program for candidates uh, looking to run for office. We tell them you've got to surround yourself uh, with good counsel, with with people that will tell you no and tell you when you're airing and when you might be getting a, a little off track you've got to you've got to h- bring your staff with you do not hire staff in washington dc mm. because as soon as you get there the machine uh, republican or democrat yeah. the machine comes in and says you're going to hire this person and this person and this person you know and don't worry they'll make life easier for you because they know all the ropes and you don't know how this works around here don't buy you know we always tell them don't buy all that i give a talk at patriot academy called don't eat the king's food don't get mm. used to That, you know, yes, man, everybody's taking you to dinner. You're wonderful. Everything you don't buy in, be like Daniel and say, I'm not going to eat the king's food. I'm going to do it, do it God's way. You really have to go in very strategic. I mean, and thinking ahead to this swamp's going to eat me up if I'm not careful. And I'll be honest, brother. Very few people are able to last more than 10 years without it. eating. There's very few. I have one guy I know in the Texas legislature that's still there. That we came in together as freshmen, and he's still rock solid, biblically solid. He's like the exception to the rule. He's also David Barton's rep, so you can imagine yeah. who gets the, you know, who holds him accountable. And he just got elected to the Senate, so we're sending him over to the Senate side. But yeah, well. it's just rare, man. It's, it's And Congress is a thousand times worse than the state legislature. So pray for these freshmen that are getting elected, the good ones like Lauren Boebert and others. I mean, just pray a hedge of protection around them. Uh, if you've got friends that are running, mm. you know, encourage them to, to have a team surrounding them. Uh, they do need to be better grounded, honestly, in not just not just spiritually grounded, which is the most important, but get grounded in conservative thought and, and read the stuff that's going to make you ready for something like a pandemic. Because when that pandemic came along, there were tons of conservatives out there that were all for this government intervention that was yeah. absolutely unconstitutional, absolutely an, aff- an affront to it, self-governance and and freedom. But they thought they were helping people. We're going to save yeah, lives. Sure, sure. And they end up costing lives because of government ineptitude uh, absolutely failing at every step of the way on this thing. So, yeah, I, I think we, good people that run, we need to push them to get grounded. They need to go through our Constitution classes. They need to be in God's word every day and surrounded by good people. And if they do that, they got a much better chance of withstanding. And then lastly, and I know I've given you all these long answers, no, but lastly— good. I, that's why I'm for term limits. This is one thing, David, yeah, right. and I, yeah. I just think even for the person that's in office, it's better for them to get the heck out of Dodge, go back home and live under the laws that you helped pass. Because when you're there for too long, man, it, you lose perspective. It's, it's, it's just tough.
1: What are some of the resources that uh, not just politicians, but anyone should be getting a hold of, uh, books they should be reading, people they should be following to grow in their understanding of the Constitution and, and how we govern?
2: Most importantly, make sure you're listening to the Situation Report. Yeah, that right. Be, uh... That's good. That's what I was hoping you'd say.
1: Okay, we're done. Thank you. Appreciate you yeah. uh, coming today. You know, um, I-, I love the fact that now there's so many
2: resources and they're fun. You know, it was like you know, 20 years ago. You had to fall asleep taking a Hillsdale Constitution (laughs) class. I mean, it was like, that was the only option out there, right? Sure. Um, And I love Hillsdale. Don't get me wrong. Thank God for Hillsdale, but yes. It's (laughs) just like a, you know, it's like going to college. I mean, it's a professor kind of situation. So so now you got a lot of really fun resources out there. There's so many good podcasts. I I recommend Cooper stuff. John Cooper, I think, is probably at the forefront right now Mm. in a biblical perspective of the insanity Mm. that's going on. Who would have thought a rock star would be the guy doing that? But he's just phenomenal. So, you know, you got all the Daily Wire guys with Shapiro and, and, and Knowles, and uh, all just good resources. You mentioned Prager. He's my absolute favorite. I truly think he's the wisest man in America. Hmm. Um, and so there's so many reasons. I-, I tell even Patriot Academy grads. in fact, if you're listening and thinking about coming, we offer a scholarship. If you will watch one Prager U a day for huh. 365 days in a row, you'll wow. have a better education than any college degree in America, and we'll give you a $500 scholarship if you, if you do that. So the resources are there. It just takes discipline, and you got to be will- willing to dive in. I, of course, have to do a shameless plug. Definitely uh, take one of our Constitution classes, whether it's Biblical Citizenship or Constitutional Live or our Constitutional Defense course, uh, which is just more focused on Second Amendment, but you can do it via video as well. Um, all of them are entertaining. They're fun. Yeah. We have comedian Brad Stein come kind of lighten things up so I can be the straight man and do the, <laughs> do the boring Constitution stuff, and then he jokes around and does fun stuff. But those are just a few few places
1: to start. That's awesome. Uh, Rick, other stuff we could talk about. Hopefully we can do it again. But yeah. in the meantime, where can people find out about About you, about the work you do, the radio program, the Patriot Academy, all the stuff you're involved in.
2: Everything I mentioned today is at patriotacademy.com, and then the daily radio program I do with David Barton is at wallbuilderslive.com.
1: Awesome. Rick Green, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. I I enjoyed it. Have a good one. Yes, sir. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. I appreciate Rick and his insight. Uh, man, there is so much to be said <laughs> for understanding the truth. And whether it's the truth of Scripture, we talk often about that, or the truth of our Constitution, our founding documents, what it is our founders intended. And those documents then enumerate our rights as citizens, understanding who we are, what our form of government is, how we should operate within it. Biblical citizenship, these are such important issues, and I appreciate... Uh, Rick and those that uh, are part of the Patriot Academy and wall builders, of course, for doing the work that they do. So, so important. Please go and check them out and uh, look forward to having Rick back on. Appreciate you watching and or listening today. If you're listening, please make sure that you are subscribed to your favorite podcast platform. I know I say that every single week. If you've gotten tired of hearing it, I'm sorry, but many of you have heard it every single week and still haven't subscribed. And if you're getting on every week and you're not subscribed, good job. You're doing a great job. But but most of the time, if you're like me, you listen to a great podcast, you hear a great interview, a great conversation, you don't subscribe, and so you forget to come back for like six or seven weeks. We don't want that to happen. Make sure you are subscribed to uh, this show, to the Situation Report. That would be fantastic. If you would like to watch the video, uh, you can do a couple of things. Go over to YouTube. Great place for video. We are there. Go to YouTube. Search for the Situation Report. You'll find our channel. Hit subscribe. Once you go to the channel, hit that notification bell. That lets you know when content is pushed out, and we are always pushing out great content. Again, content intended to be helpful for you as you navigate the world around you. So please go and check that out. You can watch the videos there. YouTube is great for a lot of reasons. I know we we like to talk bad about YouTube or whatever. Uh, There are things we don't like about them too, but they're a great platform and they provide a really fantastic opportunity to not only consume content, but to share content. Great place to share out content. Watch these episodes, share them with people that you care about And that would be a help, I know, to them. You can also leave us comments, and we would love to interact with you there. Thank you for watching. Really appreciate you joining the conversation and looking forward to talking to you next time.